Support for Talking Art on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Sarah Tubbs and Mason Moss about their monthly vintage jazz performances at the Spotlight Event Center in Moline. Welcome, Sarah and Mason. Hi. Hello. Well, the two of you put on quite a show with Mason on piano and both of you combining on vocals. How would you describe your repertoire or sound? Well, I would say that we choose selections from the Great American Songbook. So a lot of the songs that we perform were written between the 1920s and the 1950s, and a lot of them premiered in musicals. And so we like to focus on a lot of those old standards that grew to popularity and were considered the pop music from that time. So you're drawn to this particular genre of of music, of jazz. Is this also a, the type of music that you feel we need to hear in this community, being, being a river town, given the history of jazz and blues in our part of of the world. I agree 100% that this music is very important to our community. When you look at the history of this area and the influences like Bix Beiderbecke and all the way up through Louis Belson and everybody else who's been an influence on this area, I think it's necessary for us to preserve jazz as our community music and understand the importance that it brings to the history of our area. Um, that's why I think it's important for us to spread this throughout the area and why Sarah and I both firmly believe that you know, we need to continue this tradition and we need to keep bringing this music out to the public and out to the people. So that's why, you know, we're really engaging the crowd and we're really engaging the audience and getting people into what they want to hear. So if you're ever interested, we are available for hire. We are available for private parties. We are available for weddings. We're available for lounge events. We're available for whatever your needs may be if you want to have the vintage jazz experience that really is quintessential to the Quad Cities area. Well, Sarah, you're one of the co-owners of the Spotlight Theater. And, and Mason, I know you've been very involved in local theater for a while. So it it, it really is a, a perfect fit. And, and uh, you know, to hear you all perform together is is quite extraordinary. You, you, you put on your performances now within the Spotlight Event Center at this at the new Blueprint Bar and Lounge. Um, describe that space for us. Oh my goodness. If you could see what that space looked like, which, you know, many listeners might have seen what that space looked like before it was green from carpet to ceiling. It was, um, a few different shades of green. (laughs) And, um, now it is just absolutely gorgeous. They completely redid the room, knocked out some walls, um, it feels like you're in that vintage 1920s era with the tile they've put in the floor to the gold uh, trimming they've done and the lighting, the bar itself. It's just absolutely gorgeous. And when we actually first started out with our jazz lounge evenings, we started out doing them in the theater in the fall of last year. And uh, we had the bar open and it just felt a little too presentational up on the big stage. So we chatted with the owners of the Blueprint Bar and Lounge and who are also the owners of the whole building and um, about moving it in into there because it just was 
perfect for what we were doing. And now it's just so much more intimate. We're right there with the people. We're able to interact and really make the audience feel a part of it. I mean, not even really, honestly, it doesn't even feel like they're an audience. You know, they're, they're there with us just enjoying and lounging and relaxing and chatting with their friends and loved ones and having cocktails if they wish. And it's just, uh, it's perfect. It really, it really is a perfect uh, joining of what we do with the space. Mm-hmm. It's, it really is a, it's a, it's a club feel and you feel like you're stepping back in time, but, it, but of course you are. The Spotlight Event Center used to be the Scottish Rite Cathedral, which was built back in the 1930s. And, you know, everyone has seen that for years, just on the base of the I-74 bridge, uh, mm-hmm. crossing over from Iowa into Illinois and Moline. But it is it is really an experience just to walk inside that building. Yeah, it's gorgeous. The architecture and the design that the Masons put into the building and the fact that here we are almost 100 years later and it's solid. There are no things, you know, well, yes, of course there's, it's an old building. So there are some things here and there that definitely have needed some love and attention, but considering the fact of how old the building is, you just, you just can't believe how, how it's really standing stood against the test of time. Mm-hmm. Now you have three remaining performances. The, the next one is coming up May 15th. Um, and you play from seven to nine. The The cover is very reasonable. It's, t- it's $10. And I know you can purchase tickets online. Um, the, the last one was sold out. So I'm hoping our listeners are going to be able to get, get a seat because it really is quite an experience. Do you think you'll continue it uh, further on in the fall? Oh, yes, absolutely. We have no intentions of stopping at all. So um, I'm sure we'll continue to play in the blueprint. We actually are starting to book some gigs gigs outside of the blueprint as well. There are big things in the works. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, good. And, you know, you've made it very safe. It It was the first live event that I went to since the pandemic began, but I felt very comfortable there with the spacing. And uh, the fact that people wore masks when they when they entered. So I felt like it was a safe environment. Yeah, that's definitely something that was big time on our radar. We wanted everybody to feel safe. All the tables are spread out. People wear masks when they're moving about. And there's, there's windows in there. So we've opened those up even to get a cross breeze in on, if it's a nice night. <laughs> we couldn't do that back in, you know, January, February. But we uh, are, can do that now, which is, which is great. Uh-huh. One of the things I was struck at, I, I saw you in April was just um, the kind of the back and forth, like easy banter, the, the, the relationship the two of you have um, really sets the tone. How, how did the two of you connect? Well, I'll field this question if you're okay with that, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah and I connected through a show we did together at the Black Box Theater in Moline back in 2017. Um, That show was called I Love You Because, and I could tell from then that Sarah was a very talented individual. Um, I always appreciated her energy at rehearsals. I always appreciated her uh, willingness to, you know, bring something new and fresh to the table. And so moving forward, when she asked me as a possibility of, hey, would you be interested in putting together a jazz project? I 
I knew I wanted to jump all over it. Um, so <laughs> the relationship that I've built with Sarah over the last, you know, six to nine months while we've done this project has just been phenomenal. You know, we've really gotten to know each other. We've gotten to know what kind of music each other listens to. I've really been appreciative of things that she's exposed me to. I've exposed her to some new material and mm -hmm. she's just a delight to work with. I hope that she feels the same way about myself. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. But it's, it's just really incredible. And I feel like, you know, when we go out there, we, we are really finding our, our pacing and our timing with each other. And she's a really great duet, a person to, to go off of when you're mm -hmm. in an ensemble like this. So, so you said it took six to nine months. What was the development process like? Can you give more details about that? Yeah. So as Sarah mentioned, we started this whole process actually back in the fall when we sort of debuted the idea um, on the stage. We did some of the tunes that we do now, um, but mostly what that was was sort of, you know, testing the waters out as maybe a weekly endeavor and then allowed us to sort of step back, you know, as COVID numbers went up and protocol shut more places down, we kind of took a step back to the table and said, well, how do we make this better? How do we make this more appealing? What do we do to make this an even better experience? And so I feel like that time together of us just rehearsing and putting new tunes together and really developing this idea and what we wanted it to be really has created a really unique experience that I really enjoy participating in. And I know she really enjoys participating in as well. Yes. You know, I'm always struck when I hear jazz um, that that there just is this this there's all this nonverbal communication that goes back and forth, and and uh, you know you you can tell that you've you, you've practiced you you know where where um, each other is you know you kind of know when you're supposed to come in and out but still it's um it's it's extraordinary to see and for someone who doesn't perform. Um, I've never quite figured that out. How you, how you know where you are and where, where, when you're going to end? Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, oh my, I feel like this is honestly one of the most fun things about doing jazz. And there have been many moments where Mason and I just kind of go off of you know, what was planned and just like, you know, maybe he'll take a longer piano solo and I'll just kind of sit there and, and rock out with him and, and just kind of wait. He'll, you'll, if you look closely, you'll notice every now and then he'll just kind of give me the eyes like, all right, <laughs> we're going back in now. But uh, yeah, just, just playing. It's is just being so playful with it is, is the most fun. It's, it's the improvisational element. That's, to me, that's what keeps jazz lively and really fun um, as a listener and also as a performer is that, you know, it's not going to be the same from night to night, you know, right. from it's it's going to be slightly different. We might do an ending differently. We might do a break differently. And I've really gotten to enjoy. And I think Sarah's come along with me a long ways, you know, from her background in terms of like learning to sort of just relax and let go and, yeah. and sort of not not to say to not care, but just, you know, have, have fun and to just really give yourself that real experience of just letting go and improvising and letting something come on the spot, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah it's, it's still, it's, it's fun to see, like, um, you know, even just, you mentioned a, a slight nod and you seem to understand 
you know, what that means. In April, uh, you were accompanied by, by uh, John Mason, that's your brother, on bass. So that must have been quite a joy to play together. Yeah, it's fabulous. Um, you know, it's always a blessing when you have somebody in your family that is a talented musician as well. Uh, and he's my older brother, so he definitely was a big role model growing up. You know, he's really one of the people that got me involved with this kind of music and was rehearsing this kind of music with me from a young age. And so um, it's really nice that I've been able to sort of bring him in on this experience and that, you know, this first sort of crazy endeavor of us trying it for one month, I think just worked out so much better because having a bass is is having a key element of the jazz sound, you know, the walking bass line and the what the bass brings to the ensemble is just, you know, a whole nother experience. So I feel very grateful and very blessed that he's, you know, been able to join us. And I, yeah. I look forward to including him in on us for future endeavors and everything else. Mm-hmm. Well, from the moment Sarah belted out her first note and then you followed fairly quickly, you know, you can tell that times have changed and we have been starved for live music uh, for well over a year now. So it really, really feels to me like we're coming out slowly on the other side. It really does. And, you know, we just, there's just so much hope for the future. And, and yeah, as things start to open up more and more, um, it, it feels incredible to be able to, I think the first time we did Jazz Night in the Blueprint back in, I think it was February, actually. I actually got a little teary eye just being in front of people again, you know, and, and interacting Same. with them and, and seeing them smile and sing along. And it's, oh, it just, it fills your soul. It fills your heart up for mm-hmm. sure. And both being performers, you know, this, this has been uh, a ch- even more, you know, greater challenge for both of you. Mason, you looked like, um, went to Western Illinois for your music education and since then have been very busy. Come, bring us up to speed on, on, uh, on what you've been doing with the Quad City Music Guild. And then I know you were part of a national touring show, show with the Book of Mormon for a, for a while. Yeah. So, <laughs> Uh, since I came back in 2016, I've been very active in the Quad Cities music community. Um, not only as a solo performer, uh, I also am employed in the Moline School District as a choir accompanist. I work at a local church for his congregational as an organist. As you mentioned, I've done work with Quad City Music Guild as a music director. I worked at several area high schools teaching music and, and coaching music. Uh, and then, yeah, I got to do uh, a better part of a year as a sub um, on the Book of Mormon national tour. Uh, and that experience took me all over the country, up to California, down south, up into New York, um, and then even down into Mexico for a month in 2019. So that experience was really, really engaging and really fun. And um, it's it's interesting because I went to school for music education. And while I still am a music educator at heart, I found a lot more of a niche in performing, especially in this area. And uh, I really enjoyed that and learning how to do that along with music directing and working at places like the Spotlight Theater and and Quad City Music Guild to sort of hone that passion in. Um, So it's been a very busy few years for me, but I'm very fortunate and very, very happy and eager to see, you know, where life takes me in the, in the upcoming months and years. Mm -hmm. Well, you're obviously an accomplished pianist, but when did you, um, when did you do vocal work? (laughs) That kind of came out of 
nowhere. Uh, you know, I've always toyed with vocals. You know, I've always enjoyed singing personally. Um, I never actually have sang in a choir. I've never really been in an ensemble in a show. I've never. So it's all sort of been self-fulfilled vocal stuff. Um, this sort of material, the the Great American Songbook stuff, is just stuff that speaks to to me and who I am as a musician. Um, I really have always enjoyed listening to to artists like Frank Sinatra and Nat King Cole and you know, I just really resonate with them. And so I guess it's something that I've just become more comfortable doing over the last couple of years, you know, as I've had to teach vocals more, as I've had to work with young singers, middle school singers, high school singers, college singers, etc. cetera, um, that I've just come into my own voice. And I've really kind of learned to accept that I am a singer as well as a pianist. So mm-hmm. Well, and Sarah, you know, likewise, I was surprised when I first heard you singing, I, you know, I, I know your the- theatrical background. You're one of the Spotlight Theater co-owners, but I had no idea that vocal performance was such a strength of yours. So tell us about the musical training that you had. Sure. Yeah. So I um, started in high school and in choir, doing musicals, private lessons with my choir teacher. And I loved it so much. I knew that this is what I wanted to do with my life, you know. And so I went on and did an acting program at my junior college out in California. So I grew up in California and um, then went on from there. And I got my Bachelor of Fine Arts in Musical Theater at California State University Fullerton, which is a very competitive program. And it was incredible. I was immersed in theater all day, every day for the better part of two and a half years. And I absolutely loved the program and everything I learned there. Um, and as part of it, we, we received private vocal lessons there as well. And I am a firm believer that you should always be continuing your education and whatever you're doing, you should always be learning. So I've actually never really stopped taking private voice lessons. I've had a few teachers in this area as well, since we moved here in 2012 and, um, yeah, cause you, you can only hear yourself so much when you're singing, um, that I, uh, yeah, I've continued my education with that as well and probably always will. <laughs> and then you're also very busy with the spotlight. So, and, and you have your first play for that. You've, you haven't put one on in a while, but you have one coming up in June. It is so amazing to even be able to say, we have so much coming up at the spotlight because, you know, that was absolutely not the case for the last little over a year. And Mason is actually music directing. We're about to open in the first weekend of June. We'll open You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, and it will be our first musical back in the spotlight theater. And we're so grateful to have Mason on board with us with this project. And it's been a blast already. Um, yeah, so that that's coming up. And then we also have our Pinocchio pop-up play is in rehearsals right now. And we're opening that on May 22nd, as well as an improv show that night, our stolen set improv. So everything's just kind of slowly, you know, coming back and mm-hmm. it, it feels great. Describe what you mean by pop-up play. So last summer, because we couldn't have anybody in the theater, we decided to take the theater to the people. So we did Alice in Wonderland and it was a 35 minute show and we brought the show 
basically wherever people would want to hire us to come and set up and do a show. Backyards. Uh, we did one in a park. And um, so we just decided and it was a blast. It was an absolute blast. The kids, it was all kids. And then myself, I played the queen of hearts in the show. And uh, we just had an absolute blast traveling together, creating memories together. We had so much fun with all of the audiences. People would, you know, invite their whole neighborhood to their backyard and enjoy theater out in the open. And so we just loved it so much. We decided to bring it back again, especially since we still are, you know, we still have some restrictions. And, and so we're doing Pinocchio this year. And again, it's, it's a cast of, let me think here. I think we have six and there's one adult in there and it's going to be, it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh-huh. And then in December, I noticed you are directing The Sound of Music. I so you- am. I am. I was in the show twice as Liesl in college. And so now I get the pleasure of being on the staff side and I'm super excited. We were supposed to do Sound of Music back in 2020 in December and the fact that we're getting to bring it back and do it this year is just great. Mm-hmm. Well, Sarah Tubbs and Mason Moss, thank you so much for talking today. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Tubbs and Moss, a vintage jazz experience, is a show you'll want to catch at the Blueprint Bar and Lounge in the Spotlight Event Center in Moline. Their next performance is this Saturday, May 15th. With remaining shows to follow in mid-June and mid-July, reservations can be made online at thespotlighttheaterqc.com. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WBIK. Our theme music is provided by a Quad City legend, the late Ellis Cal.